Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Okay, I hope all of you are doing good this morning. Okay, as you can see, I'm a little excited. I'm just a little, you know, pumped up this morning. Okay, and I'm hoping that all of you are a little pumped up at least on seeing my the same. Because here's what I know. You know, when when you see somebody who's excited, when you see somebody who's a little pumped up, it's a little bit contagious. And I'm hoping you catch some of what I'm carrying this morning. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. Now the reason, you know, why I'm a little excited this morning is. Um, One, it's Sunday morning. You get to worship the Lord. Number two, it's because you know we're starting this brand new series. Okay, uh, just a two-week series. Okay, so this week and next week, we're just going to look into very extensive detail about a very particular topic, which which I would say you know is something that um, we all deal with. Okay, and I say specifically deal with because uh, that's what we're going to be looking at. Okay. Um, So anyways I'll just give you my title and I'm hoping you get excited by the title okay so I've titled today's message or this series you know this week and next week as dealing with difficult people you don't look very excited with the title I was hoping that wow you know why you're talking about this you know yeah I know it's 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 not a very easy topic to hear right I can I ask you this question anyone's dealt with difficult people in your lives okay all right Are you sitting next to me? No, 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 no. Never answer my second question, okay? Because I want you to leave from here. When you leave here, you should leave smiling. Okay. So, title today's, I mean, this series, you know, a two-part series dealing with difficult people. And today's message, I've subtitled it as "Getting Even." Okay, getting even is literally, you know, taking revenge or you know, getting back at you know what they've been doing or what they've been speaking with us. Now, you know, initially when I was titling this series, I thought, you know what? I think we should call this dealing with bad people. Okay? But then I figured, you know, we we don't I mean, I don't know if you ever said this, you know, with the people that, you know, is giving you a difficult time. I don't know if you ever looked at them and said, "No, I don't think they are bad people." It's just that, you know, what they're doing is bad and what they're speaking is bad and, you know, I don't think they're really bad people. It's just that ah, uh, you know, there's they're difficult you know i mean they're just difficult i mean that's why so i figured you know the best title to come up with would be you know dealing with difficult people it's just that they're just difficult to get along with now what do you mean by difficult people difficult people you know i was just thinking about you know difficult people what do you really i think you know difficult people are the ones who are very little not very little unpleasant all right they are very deceptive you know with you sometimes they deceive you all right sometimes sometimes they take you for a ride they take advantage of you all right um there are people you know sometimes they just use and throw have you had those kind of people they use you you know because they want something from you and then as soon as they get what they want they push you out right they and sometimes you know they just tend to frustrate you they make you angry you've had people like that okay this keep frustrating no matter you know how much you try to be pleasant with them every time you talk to them you know they just get on your nerves right and sometimes you know when you look at them you know they might be like you know a mile away or you know maybe half a kilometer when you see their face and they're coming towards you you're like oh god i have to interact with them again 
and you wish you know you could just turn away and you could just walk away from them right okay those are you know i believe the difficult people you know sometimes because well it is difficult you know it's not easy to deal with them it's not easy to interact with them now again i'm not saying you know this is a message about them okay because it's also a message about us in fact let me tell you this you know some of us are listening here some of us are listening online whoever is listening all right when they're listening to this message you know the names and the faces that's coming into their mind right now it could be you are you getting what i'm saying all right they might be thinking about you and saying that man you're like a really difficult person to deal with you know you're just that kind of a person so this is what i'm trying to say listen it's not about them versus it's not about us or something like that but it's just you know listen how do you deal with difficult people now i'll tell you this you know why i thought you know it's important to i thought you know let me just split this over two weeks you know because it's important to understand how to deal with these people because here's what i know and here's what you know every time you know you are interacting with a difficult person they make life difficult for you they 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 put you through the grind you frustrated you know sometimes you come into this place you are really hurt and upset by them all right and you don't know how to deal with them and most of the time if you notice our response to them is what determines the future of our relationship with them how we respond to how they interact with us how we respond to you know what they're doing with us is ultimately what determines you know how the outcome or what the future of it is going to be like in other words here's what i'm saying we can either choose to respond correctly when they become very difficult with us when we're interacting with them and you know they seem to be really difficult people in our lives we can choose to respond correctly or we can choose to react negatively and our reaction if it's a very negative reaction it can be an outburst you know they'll make you angry and you just outburst out of your anger you might say something hurtful and you might say something demeaning they left with you know a lot of hurt and there's a lot of hurt that carries on forward in that relationship okay but i don't know if you ever thought about this okay i think that yeah the statement is it's there upon the screen okay here's what i also noticed about difficult people difficult people tend to have a control in our lives okay now what do i mean by that okay difficult people tend to control us in our lives i don't know if you ever noticed this okay because i've i've heard this you know with when i've been interacting with difficult people i've told you know people around me have come and told me this about me all right you know danny i mean somehow you know like when you're with them you just seem like a different person have you ever heard that all right some because you know when you're around these people who are difficult to interact with somehow you know you put on a different behavior simply because you want to just try and get along with them right you're not yourself you have to put on this mask you have to put on this filter and you're trying to pretend somebody that you're really not why because man you don't want this thing to explode you don't want this thing to go out of proportion you want to try and make sure that you know things are really this and people have come around and told you you don't seem to be yourself they tend to have a control over our lives sometimes you know um what what i'm trying to say is you know sometimes they control the way that you know we move forward because we're always thinking okay man if i do this if i'm going to decide this and i'm going to move forward with this you're always thinking in the back of your mind what would they think how are they going to respond how are they going to take you know the decision that i'm going to do here they have a tendency to control the way that we move forward with all right and you know here's another thing which i have realized you know often you know as followers of jesus christ as believers you know we often want to you know follow the golden rule how many of you know the golden rule 
the golden rule in the bible anybody knows that okay jesus said this i'm sure when you see the verse you might understand okay uh, he said this okay matthew's gospel chapter 7 verse 12 here's what jesus said all right therefore whatever you want men to do to you do also to them if you want somebody you know to do something for you or you know you want them to treat you this way or you want them to you know do something for you what should you do you should start doing that to them you should treat them that way the way that you want them to treat you all right but sometimes you know when it comes to difficult people this principle seems to be very difficult to follow okay sometimes you know you know i i i made this up okay i think you know sometimes we have to you know follow the iron rule i mean we tend to follow the iron rule i made it up okay it's not in the scripture okay but here's what i believe the iron rule looks like all right the iron rule here's what it says okay i mean here i just made this up okay do unto others as they do unto you do unto others as they do unto you you want this All right because the man they're ill treating you and they're mistreating you and they're speaking all demeaning things about you to your face and sometimes you know you just want to give them back All right the iron rule you know I mean again as I said don't write it down all right don't put think that okay man this is where did you hear this iron rule thing it's just something that's you know I'm working up in my own mind because man you hurt me guess what I want to do back to you I want to hurt you back you speak something bad to me I want to speak something bad to me you bite me I'll bite you back you hit me i'll hit you back sometimes you know we we just want to get back at them we want to get even with them because of you know what they've been doing and what they've been taking us through along completely i'm just building this up okay and you know what the problem is many times you can't ignore these people because they're so close to you they're around you they're in your lives you can't just completely put them on ignore and just you know pretend like they're not there and just try to move on because you have to interact with them you have to you know keep seeing their faces you have to keep speaking to them again and again this is why i'm saying listen it's important to learn how to respond correctly when it comes to dealing with difficult people because otherwise not only will they have a control on our lives we will steer clear of the direction and the path that god wants us to walk in will become somebody else completely simply because we tend to compromise and we tend to become somebody else that we really are not and now here's here's something that you know <laughs> that I want to say okay one more thing and then we'll move into something that I want us to look at for this week and next week okay do you know what another thing that difficult people tend to do <laughs> difficult people sometimes you know uh how do i put this sometimes you know you're in this place where you're interacting with somebody that's difficult okay and you've worked up and you're angry and you're just frustrated you know you're kind of pulling out your hair if you notice i don't have much hair and it's not because i'm always working with difficult people okay as a pastor yeah sometimes you have to but you know here's here's what i want us to understand sometimes you know you're frustrated with somebody and even though you want to get back at them but sometimes you know you're not in a position where you can get back at them you know what you tend to do you your frustration that's pent up and your anger that's pent up you know what you do with all of that frustration and pent up anger you can't take it out on them what do you do you take it out on somebody else you take it out on somebody else and can i tell you this okay i mean we have two mothers in the house okay sometimes parents take it out on their children i'm just giving a little secret okay don't don't go back and ask your parents listen now i get why you always angry Where did you hear this church you should not go to this 
Okay, I'm just giving you a little secret, okay? Because it's true. Many times, you know, we tend to take our anger and our frustration, what we built up with somebody else, on somebody else. Because you know, you just can't, you know, get to them. You just can't, you know, reach out to them. So you're building up, and it's like, you know, we bottle up all of these emotions on the inside, and finally, you know, when somebody else comes along, whom you know, you know, you have some power over them, you have some authority over them. What do you do? Everything that's come from here and everything that's built up, the minute they snap one finger there, you be like, and you know, you just pour out everything that's there, and the people who are on the receiving end look at you and say, like, you know, it's a small thing. I mean, you know, what, 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 what's going on? Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. Now, what I want to do, you know, this week and next week, okay, we're going to look at a very, very specific story. Okay. This story basically has three characters in it. Okay, and what I want to do today, you know, is I want to introduce you to two of them. Okay, and two. One of them is one person that you know really, really well, and I don't know if you might know the other person or not. But um, okay, let me let me give you the you know let me not keep it suspense. Okay, one person is David. Okay, and I'm not talking about King David. Okay, it's not the time that he's a king. This is not the time when he's a shepherd boy. It's somewhere in between. You know, with the somewhere in between, what he used to be. What's he used to be between before he became? I mean, from a shepherd, fill in the blank, to a king. What was the phase that he went through in this phase? He was running away from King Saul. He was. Let me put it this way: He was a fugitive. Okay, so he's running away from Saul. Here's David. Okay, young shepherd boy who was anointed to be the king by this prophet. All right, and and um, next thing you know, you know, he's fighting this guy called who? Goliath, okay, and um, you know God's grace, he was able to defeat Goliath, okay. Saul, the king at that time, he absorbs him into the palace. I mean, you know the story, right? And and uh, suddenly, you know, he realizes, okay, there's this prophet, you know, that's gone and anointed him to be the next king. And I'm assuming this is an assumption that you know Saul wanted his son to be the next king. Okay, and most kings at that time wanted their children to be, you know, be the successor. But here, God has appointed somebody else to take his place. So he's having all this frustration, all this thing. He decides that he wants to kill David. Okay, and several historians, several commentaries, you know, what they say is that David was in a phase where he was running away from Saul because Saul wanted to kill him for almost ten to fifteen years. Seventeen-year-old boy. It took almost, I think, he was around somewhere around the age of thirty before he actually got to become the king. Okay, so I want us to understand. You know, the portion of the story that we're going to look at is a portion where you know David is actually running away from Saul. In fact, the chapter that we're going to look at is just you know one chapter before you see where you know they have an interaction where you know David gets a chance to kill Saul, but he stays away. All right. So David, here's what I want us to understand about the mental state of David. David is frustrated. All right. I mean, he's been running away from King Saul, you know, for so many years, probably together. I don't know the exact time frame when the story is taking place, but he's going through this entire thing. All right, and and he's frustrated. He's probably, you know, having this pent up emotions towards Saul because he's been running away from Saul, and he's only yearned. And even in the previous chapter, you see, you know, uh, Saul is being addressed as father. David addresses him as father, and you know that David is like his son, and all of those things are going on. This emotional battle that is going on. Between David and Saul, and I want us to understand this is probably the mindset what David is happening is happening inside of David's mind as we come into this story. Okay, so let's get into that story. First Samuel chapter twenty-five, verse two to thirteen. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich. He had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats. Pause right there. There's this man in Carmel. How many sheep did he have? 
3,000, okay, that's massive. That's huge, okay. He's is massively rich during that time. 3,000 sheep and he's got 1,000 goats. All right, let's go forward. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal. Here's the second character that I want us to introduce to you today. The name of this man is called Nabal. How many of you have heard the story? Okay, some of you have, right? Don't worry, we'll go to the story in detail, all right? And the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance, but the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. So we need to understand this about our second character today, all right? Nabal was a rich guy, but Nabal was also harsh and wicked. Okay, I want you to remember that because we'll come back to that in later in the story. All right. Nabal is already harsh and wicked. It's, it's a personality or it's about, you know, something that he's carrying on the inside that is mentioned over here. All right. And he's got, you know, Abigail, his wife, she's beautiful. She's pretty. All right. But Abigail is someone I don't want us to bring in today. We'll bring her in next week. All right. Um, so, yeah. Verse 4. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, Verse 5, David sent 10 young men and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity. And David knew this guy is rich. Okay, he's living in prosperity. That's why verse 6 he says, he's living in prosperity. And here's what the message that you need to tell him. Peace be to you, peace to your house and peace to all that you have. In other words, you know, David is telling his young man, listen, when you meet Nabal, here's the message that I want you to tell them. We're coming in peace. We're men of war. All right, we are, you know, strong men and we've got a huge, you know, people, if you, uh, to be very specific, we'll come back to that also in the story. He had exactly, you know, around 600 men that were following whom? The fugitive David. Not the shepherd boy, not King David. He was following this fugitive. Why? Because these men, 600 men, were also rejected people. In fact, later on in David's life, you know, he appoints them to be some of the commanders and some of the officers and they do great feats, you know, for David later in David's life. But he's got 600 men. But here's a message that he's communicating to Nabal. What? Hey, listen, we're coming in peace. Verse 7. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Your shepherds were with us and we did not hurt them. Here's a message that he's saying. You know, there was a time when your shepherds were with us. He's telling Nabal, your shepherds were with us in the wilderness. Okay. We did not hurt them. Nor were there anything missing from them all the while they were in Kamala. Now here's a story that I want us to understand because we're coming back to this. David and his men have encountered Nabal's men before in the wilderness. When they were running away from Saul at some point, they were there, all right? And they were actually, they were interacting with the shepherds, but they did not kill them. They did not hurt the shepherds. Neither did they take any sheep during that time, okay? And David is very clearly communicating this to Nabal here. Therefore, let my young men... Okay, so verse 8, you know, ask your young men and they will tell you. If you don't believe us, ask your young men, ask your shepherds directly. Therefore, here's David's request. Let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son, David. So David is requesting, Nabal, listen, you're rich. And you know, there was a time when we could have done what we wanted to do with your sheep and with your shepherds, but we didn't do anything. All right. But now, you know, we want something, you know, like food or anything that you have because it's a feast time. Can you give something to us? It's a simple request. So, uh, verse 9. When the David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. And waited. And waited. Now, again, we do not know how long this waiting took place. All right. And Nabal comes out with an answer. 
All right. We don't know again. I'm not sure if it's Nabal or it's Nabal's men who came out to speak the answer. But here's Nabal's answer. Verse 10. The Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is this David? Okay. Who is this David? I mean, it's like, you know, it sounds like in the first remark there that Nabal has never heard of David. But look at the second thing. Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? Do you think David did, I mean, Nabal did not know David? He definitely knew. Alright. Why? Because he knows that he's the son of Jesse. Now, here's another confirmation to make sure that Nabal, look at the next verse. There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. So what does he also know about David? That David has been running away from his master who is King Saul. So he knows him very, very well. And look at his response, verse 11. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men then when I do not know where they are from? Who is this David? Son of Jesse. You know, there are so many people who are running away from their masters today. You know, the stuff that I have done, that I have in my hands, are stuff that I have kept for my people. Why should I give it out to somebody that I don't even know? <laughs> Verse 12. So David's young men turned on their heels, they went back, and they came and told all these words. Look at David's response now. Verse 13. David said to his men, Every man, gird your sword. Hey guys, strap your swords. Okay. And, and you know, I don't know why, but the author is very, very specifically looking at making sure that we look at this also. Not only does every man, you know, so every man girded his sword. And look at this. David also girded on his sword. Quick Bible quiz. Where did David get the sword from? Anybody? No. Anybody? Quick, quick. All right. This sword was got from Goliath. This was Goliath's sword. Okay. And I, why this is so important for us? Okay, here's what I want us to understand. David had killed Goliath. How did David kill Goliath? Famous Sunday school story, right? Well, how did David kill Goliath? Take a sling, take a stone and bam. You know, he just fell onto the ground with the first rock. Pebble, they say it was, okay, whatever it was, but he fell down. And the sword, when it was given to David, here's what I believe, you know, the sword of Goliath represented to David. Sword of the Goliath represented to David of the provision and the protection that God had upon David's life. In other words, you know, David should have understood that, man, the reason why I've been gifted by God, this Goliath sword is to remind me that, listen, I don't need to depend on myself. I don't need to fight my own battles. But listen, I can just surrender it into the Lord. It's the Lord who will fight my battles for me. And the reason, you know, David never had to wield, you know, that sword upon himself was because he didn't ever have to take matters into his own hands. But here David, and I want you to understand, David, we're coming into a story, okay? I'm just giving you a, you know, a prelude of the story right now, okay? David is angry. David is upset. And you know, when he sees that sword, the only thing that he's thinking about, he's not even thinking about God. You know what he's thinking about? I need to get even with the man who just insulted me back in the wilderness. So he straps on that sword and he's getting ready to go. All right. So every man girded on his sword. David also girded on his sword. And look at this. About 400 men went with David and 200 stayed with the supplies. Remember, where are they going? 
they going to a family okay one man one wife probably a lot of servants and how many sheep did he have 3000 sheep and 1000 goats and where is david going with his men of war to to kill all of them okay we'll come back to that also later but i wanted to picture you know what david is doing i mean just to kill one man and you know a few of his servants who's probably not even armed they don't even have you know all the swords and everything that you know these guys have and these are men of war they're experienced men of war he doesn't have to do what he's doing here but listen what is david doing david is coming to this place like he's so angry he's like you know what let's just take the whole crowd okay 400 men let's all of us let's go let's show you know nabal what we have and let's you know this give it to him straight on his face to kill whom one man one wife maybe i don't know if they had children maybe the children okay a lot of sheep yes but did david have to do you know all of these things that he was doing i want to stop the story right here because here's what i want us to look at like i said there's two characters that i want us to look today and we're going to look at his wife next week so but if you think the story is interesting you want to catch up with the story go ahead and finish reading it up okay next week but here's what i want us to look at a couple of things when it comes to dealing with difficult people how do you deal with difficult people two characters here one is david one is nabal okay and here's what i don't want us to forget david was responding how he was responding evil that was done to him or probably that on the insult or you know the remarks that he got he was treated evilly okay evilly is not a word okay so he was treated you know in a very very bad way and how is david planning to respond back he wants to respond back the same way so in other words here's what i want us to understand about david david is planning to respond evil for evil how did nabal respond nabal had received some good from david but how was nabal responding back to david so nabal was responding evil for the good that he got did you get it two people how did they respond one person responded evil for good the other person responded evil for evil here's a question that i want us to ask as followers of jesus christ how are we supposed to respond Are we supposed to you know when when good has been done to us do we respond with evil when evil has been done to us do we respond with evil are you getting what i'm saying i want us to look at just three things you know today and we'll follow up you know with this entire thing the next week as well all right three steps that i want to give to you today how do we respond with the difficult people in our lives here's number one we refuse to stay offended can i say that again we refuse to stay offended now like i said you know when you look at the story of david and nabal here david was clearly offended he was upset he was hurt you know he was definitely you know carrying a lot of those emotions inside of his heart okay now why do you think david was upset two reasons why all right like i said one he's already dealing with the frustration and the emotions that's going on inside of his mind with what's happening in saul all right like i said you know before this chapter first samuel chapter 25 if you read through verse 20, chapter 24 it's about him and his interaction with also clearly you know he's carrying some frustration from that relationship and now he's coming here and he's encountering nabal now of course he has some power over nabal okay he cannot vent out his frustration on saul who can he vent his frustrations out on on nabal 
So I'm assuming one of the reasons why David is upset and angry is because he's already upset and angry, you know, about the feelings and emotions that he has with Saul. And now he's come upon this person who is a little below in terms of power, in terms of, you know, authority. And this guy is responding this way. He's like, listen, you know what? You don't respond. You don't talk to me that way. I know how to deal with this issue. Dealt with people like that? Okay. Sounds familiar? All right. This is not the way, you know, you treat me. I'll show you how I should be treated. Kind of an attitude David is carrying. So David is not only upset from Saul, he's also, you know, triggered by what Nabal has responded to him with. But here's why I'm saying this point is so important. Refuse to stay offended. Why am I using the word refuse to stay offended? I've noticed I've not used the word refuse to be offended. Do you know why I'm saying you cannot, you know, um, refuse to not be offended? Because you will be. When you're going through a difficult person, you know, when they speak words, you know, that's demeaning or that's insulting to you, when they put you down, when they, you know, put all of these words or maybe they're doing something, you know, that's really hurting. Can I tell you something that you cannot avoid? You cannot avoid being offended. I didn't say this. You know who said this? Jesus did. You want to see one of the, you know, I love doing this, okay? We love taking, you know, promise scriptures and say, you know, claiming that over our lives. You know, there are certain things that Jesus says that doesn't sound very good and that's not like a promise scripture. But you should actually look at it and take it like, okay, yeah, they, Jesus, I get what you're saying. Look at what Jesus says, okay, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1. He said to his disciple, Jesus saying, it is impossible that no offenses should come. You want to promise verse this morning? Take that. It is impossible. Jesus is saying, listen, if Jesus is saying it's impossible, do you think it's impossible? Hello? Jesus said this. What's he saying? Listen, it's impossible that you will not get offended. You will get offended. You will get hurt. But here's the key that I don't want us to miss this morning. You cannot stay from not being offended. But what you do with that offense is what matters at the end. How you respond to that hurt, how you respond to that offense is what will determine the outcome of your relationships, not only with that person who's offended you, but many times the relationship with other people. And watch this now. If you're not careful, you know what other relationship it will affect? Even your relationship with God will get affected in the process. If you continue to deal and if you, you continue to carry that hurt and that offense inside your heart, which is why I'm saying this, you know, listen, if there's something that we should do, we should learn to refuse to stay offended. We will be offended. That's no, there's no, you know, cutting corners around that. But the decision that we can make is, yes, I was hurt. Yes, I was offended. But I'm refusing to stay offended the way that I am right now. It's a choice that we get to make. Now, here's a question. How do you refuse to stay offended? How do you refuse to stay offended? You refuse to stay offended by learning not to take it personally. You refuse to stay offended by learning not to take it personally. What do I mean by that? Let's look at Nabal just for a moment. One of the things that's mentioned about Nabal here is what? He was a harsh and a wicked man. He was, you know, this. And, and David at some point should have realized that, listen, I'm dealing with a very harsh man here. I'm dealing with a very, you know, wicked person here. And if I'm going to request him, I should expect a response like this also. Here's something that I don't want us to miss. You know, when you're dealing with the difficult people that in your life, 
okay when i'm dealing with difficult people in my life it's important to not just take it personally how do i do that it's important to understand where this behavior is coming from in other words here's what i don't want us to miss it's important to recognize that you know the way they are behaving or you know the outward action or the words that they are speaking probably has to do with something that's coming from their inside in other words here's what i want us to miss every time a, a difficult person comes to you you know demeans you insults you puts you down it's never about you can i say that again every time you know they bring this behavior up in front of you it's never about you what do i mean by that every time you know they bring out something like this it's only revealing what is there inside of their heart it's only revealing that when nabal responded this way i mean look at clearly he's insulting david he's saying who is this david man who is the son of jesse who is this people you know who run away from their master he's going on insulting you know david one after the other what is he doing he's bringing out you know something from within why because he's harsh he's wicked on the inside he's not sensitive you know to the people around them and what's he doing he's just revealing what is already on the inside of his heart which is why i'm saying listen we need to be wise enough you know when when we are mistreated when we are you know put down by others we need to learn to look past that behavior and look at that person who they are and where this thing is coming from because they might be carrying things on the inside which you know we are not aware of they might be carrying pains and hurts on the inside of them which we are not aware of and we look at the behavior we look at the words that are spoken and you know we get offended by you know man how can they treat me like this can i tell you this can i tell you one thing about maturity okay your emotional and your spiritual maturity is determined by how you respond to people who mistreat you can i say that again your emotional and your spiritual maturity is largely determined by how you respond to people who mistreat you it does okay david was going to hit nabal back here okay david was angry and upset and all those frustration everything you know and he is getting ready to hit back evil for evil he wants to get even with nabal he wants to show nabal who he is he wants to you know make sure that nabal is not left behind and thinks that man david is like some weak person here isn't that true about us when somebody mistreats us and man we get so worked up and we want to show them who we are you like listen you can't just do that and get away with me i'll show you who i am i'll show you what i can do and we tend to hit back and we tend to you know hit back really really hard on those people not realizing that maybe their behavior their words their actions are coming in from a source that is also weak on the inside of them and i'm thinking about david man if somebody should have been mature enough to understand it should have been david think about this david a young shepherd boy anointed by god someone who was worshiping god you know when he was a shepherd boy many of the psalms that we read through about his life man he is a guy who was really really close to god god testifies about him even after he fell with bathsheba what does he say david was a man after my own heart if someone should have been responding the right way it should have been david he should have been mature enough to realize that listen this is not the way i respond to insult and this is not the way i respond to you know mistreatment from somebody can i say this also okay one of the ways you know can i can i can i give you a quick uh, key for happiness in life can i just do that is that okay you want to be happy in your life are you sure i hear only one person i'm assuming the others don't want that huh? okay can i tell you this okay one of the keys for happiness in life 
is learning to develop what I like to call a thick skin. Okay, you know what I mean by thick skin? Okay, you just don't take, you know, small offenses personally. You just like, oh, okay, it's fine. And you just learn, you know, just look over that offense and you just tend to move on. You just tend to move on. Okay, but you know what the problem is many times, you know, we have a very, very sensitive skin and a very, very difficult heart. Okay, in fact, you know, the prayer that, you know, I would definitely ask everyone to pray for. Okay, when you go to the Lord, when you ask the Lord, Lord, Lord you know what you should ask for, Lord, give me a tender heart. But give me a thick hide, give me a thick skin. Alright, you should be compassionate, you should be sensitive to other people's needs, that's important. But listen, every time they insult you, every time they put you down, they make fun of you, they, you know, demean you. You've got to, you know, not take it personally and not remain sensitive. But you know, many times we have it the ulta way around. Okay, you get what I'm saying? We have this, you know, very, very difficult heart. I'm not going to be sensitive to them. I'm not going to be compassionate to them. And any small thing that comes your way, you get offended. You'd be like, man, they're making fun of me and they're putting me down and they're insulting me. And, you know, you get all this worked up and some people, you know, they just go quietly in a room and they cry. Okay, I mean, I remember, you know, <laughs> there are people, okay, I'm just, I'm not quoting anybody's names, you know, because no, none of you are here, okay, none of you have done that with me, okay. But I remember, you know, this is back in Mangalore, you know, those people in Mangalore, eh, this is like that, you know, that's how they are. Okay? There were times, you know, when people would get offended at me, you know why? Because at church, I didn't smile at them. I'm just saying, you know, like, okay, I mean, I don't know if you ever heard this, okay, because... You know, they do that with pastors. You know, they look at pastor and say like, you know what? I, I was just standing there and pastor was just walking by. He didn't even look at my face, you know. He didn't even say hi to me. He didn't even smile. I'm smiling at him, him and he didn't even look at me. I'm sure he saw me. You know, when I asked him, he said, I didn't see, but I'm sure he saw me. And he didn't get offended and they get, you know, all this worked up and riled up and they're like, man, why? You know, things like that. That's what I'm saying. Listen, there are people like that. But don't be that. Learn to develop a thick skin where you know you're like, you're not offended by the small little things. You realize that, man, if they're behaving that way, they're speaking words that way because there's something that's going on on the inside of them. Maybe they're carrying pains and hurts from their own past, which causes them, you know, to speak words like this and causes them to react like this in different, different ways. We learn, we need to learn to look past the behavior into who the person is. Okay, Solomon puts it this way. Alright, Proverbs 19 verse 11. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. What does he say? It's to his glory. If you can overlook an offense. If you are patient with people. When you don't, when you say that, listen, okay man, here's what he's, he's going on with all these things. He's putting me down, he's insulting me you are mature enough and you're wise enough to look beyond that and past that and you look at them and you say that, listen, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to get worked up. I'm not, you know, going to, you know, yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm upset. I'm acknowledging that, but I'm not going to keep it within me. I'm just going to overlook it because, you know, it's coming from a place of hurt. I think you've heard this before, you know, and I've said this before so many times. Hurt people, what? Can you complete the sentence for me? Hurt people, hurt people. The reason they're hurting you is because they're hurt on the inside themselves. And we need to always keep that in mind. We need to always carry that in our minds. Always look beyond the behavior to where the source is coming from. So here's number one. How do you, you know, deal with difficult people? You refuse 
to stay offended can i tell you this okay the next two steps okay i'll i just wanted to park here you know for a while but the next two steps and the steps that i'm going to be talking about next week as well it gets harder with each step can i say that again it's not easy okay this is probably i would say by far the easiest step if you find this is difficult trust me the next few steps that i'm going to tell you is going to be even a little more difficult but listen this is the way that god expects us to respond when you're dealing with difficult people so number one you got to refuse to stay offended here's number two you don't wait for an apology to forgive them you don't wait for them to come and apologize to you to forgive them i'm thinking about david maybe you know david was hurt and upset and maybe he's thinking you know what that guy i'm going to make him apologize to me familiar sounds familiar have you ever said that <laughs> i'm going to make sure you know they apologize to me how dare you know they treat me like that how dare they speak these words like this to me you're you know fuming in your head of your mind and you're looking at them and you know what i will forgive them yes that's the right thing to do i'm a believer i have to forgive them right i mean it's god's command but they have to apologize to me first and we take the stand and can i tell you what the stand really is all about three letter word you know what the three letter word is you want me to say it now e g o heard that word before it's simply your ego it's simply your ego you know you, you man let them apologize to me man i mean they did it first they are the ones who hurt me they they should apologize to me i'll forgive them but let them come and apologize to me first it's simply our egos that stand in the way and say man you got to take a stand for yourself okay have you ever heard the expression don't be a doormat don't be a doormat don't let them walk all over you you should have some you know pride or you should have some self esteem okay synonymous word for self esteem you you hold on to your ego you know what the problem with waiting for an apology from the other person is like the problem is you still holding on to that hurt that's the problem and if you're going to wait for an apology from them they're going to come to you and they realize oh my goodness i've hurt you you know i got to come to you i got to say sorry all right oh man i never knew and that's just the problem they probably never knew that they hurt you they probably never knew that they upset you they probably never knew that you know man you worked up you know about you know what i said the other day or you know the way i reacted the other day or way i did things the other day and you're waiting and all this ego and all this wait wait ego is a wrong word right self esteem man you're not going to let them use you as a doormat you like it's like apologize they have to apologize so every time you know you see them maybe now it's coming or when they start a conversation with you hey listen you know what it's coming it's coming okay go on go on i knew you're going to say this to me and they see something else they'll be like what i was expecting an apology and you don't voice it out loud right because man your ego won't let you you want them to apologize and the problem like i said is you're still holding on to that hurt and you know what the problem with holding on to the hurt is hurt remains there it's going to develop into anger frustration resentment which is something that you do not want to have inside of your heart and what do i mean by resentment resentment is like the worst place to be in resentment is a place where you look at those people you don't want to see those people you don't want to have to interact with them even though you're interacting with them you put this wall between yourself and that person and you're carrying so much of resentment about what they've done to you in the past and that's the last place that you want to be in and i'm thinking you know in our story of david and nabal 
Nabal probably had no idea what was going on inside of David's heart, right? He had no idea that he, you know, he had made David angry, and probably he never knew that, you know, David's upset, and here's David's coming with his entire army to finish him off. He had probably no idea about that. And that's why it's important we don't wait for an apology because maybe they're not even aware. Maybe they don't know that they hurt you. Maybe they have no idea. And you know, when you wait, that you know, they will realize one day. You know, I mean, the way the most spiritual way to put it is like, you know what? I'm praying that God will reveal it to them. Never going to work. Okay, I'll just tell you from experience, it's never going to work. God's not going to tell them. You know what? You hurt them. Okay, do you know why it's not going to work? Because the hurt is where it's inside you. It's inside me. and what is god waiting for god is waiting for you to deal with the hurt when you take it to him when you be in his presence and you say lord this person has hurt me i'm really deeply affected i'm really deeply hurt and i'm hoping that they would come and apologize but listen the first place to start with is within yourself you've got to come to a place where you're willing to apologize to whom to yourself you're willing to forgive those people you're willing to let it go and and what do you mean by forgiveness can i tell you a simple thing Forgiveness is basically letting go of what has happened. It's not forgetting. Many times you know we think that okay man the best way I know that I've forgiven that person if I forget you know whatever has happened it's not going to happen. You will always remember it. But forgiveness is learning to take what has happened the situation the words that were spoken you know the insults that came in you take it and you leave it in the presence of God and say Lord this is what has happened this is what has hurt me and I'm leaving it at your feet and I'm giving it to you. That is what forgiveness is all about. I mean look at look at you know uh, what Jesus said okay I mean famous words of Jesus Luke chapter 23 verse 34 Jesus said Father forgive them for they do not know what they do Like I said maybe they have no idea that they have done you know something to you that has hurt you and upset you and that's why it's important you know just like Jesus did we have to forgive them Now can I ask you this is forgiving those who offended you easy Hello is forgiving those who have hurt you and upset you and used you and mistreated you is it easy to forgive them and you know kind of you know what i let it go is it easy to do that it's not it's not okay but you know can i tell you this what i normally do when i'm trying to forgive somebody okay that's hurt me and upset me i try to remember what god did with me okay i try to simply remember what god did with me why because i knew what kind of a person i used to be once upon a time I was difficult. And if God could forgive me for every difficult thing that I have done, shouldn't I try to at least take a little bit of that and try to apply it into the others who have hurt me in my life? You know, here's here's what uh, Paul writes to the church at Colossae, Colossae, Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. How? Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. How do you forgive somebody else? You remind yourself of how God forgave you of all the sins that you have done of all the wickedness and everything that you had done and how difficult a person you were. But still God chose to overlook all of those things and forgive you simply. Simply that is the way that we learn to forgive others so here's you know two things that i want us to look remember and come to the third point okay what's the first one 
you refuse to stay offended number 2 you don't wait for an apology before you forgive them and here's number 3 you refuse to gossip about them some of you are smiling at me you refuse to gossip about them now can i ask you this okay let's admit it have we done this <laughs> we've all done this right okay somebody is upset you somebody is hurt you what's what are you going to do you're going to talk behind their backs right you go and talk behind their back and you'll be like you know what that person stuck tak 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 and you list out you know whatever that comes into your mind you know why we do that can i ask you would you why do we do something like that we do that can i tell you this so that we feel good about ourselves yeah we want some affirmation you know what i'm feeling this way do you think you know i'm the same and they be like you man they should never have treated you like that and you look for you know that sympathy you look for that affirmation you look for people you know that can stand with you you know because you think that man what you have done is right and you look for some kind of justification from the people that you're gossiping about those people too i don't know if you ever done this okay sometimes you're just so hurt and you're so angry inside of your mind right at that person you know the some of the words that they used against you you know that heated conversation that took place have you ever gone back and replayed that entire scene in your mind okay you just replay that entire scene in your mind but this time in the replay you're giving back okay and you have these amazing one liners you know that just comes out and you know you're just like you know just reimagining their face like you know they like this is dumbfounded they don't know what to answer this is spectator this is looking at you and you know like somewhere deep down i mean i've done this so many times okay and you know i just picture this whole scenario like you know and man it's amazing when i never even thought about it like that and somewhere deep down you know like danny danny i mean never happened that way never happened that way okay but you know we just saw this thing and here's what i want us to look at okay look at what david did Okay I mean it was not there in the previous passage we'll come back to this next week again okay but look at what David did first Samuel chapter 25 was 21 to 22 now David had said now again I do not know whether he's speaking about this to the people around him his 400 men or whether he's speaking to himself but look at what David is saying surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness I mean Nabal has become a fellow now okay I don't know if it's a demotion or a promotion okay but Nabal you know this fellow You know I surely in vain I protected all that this fellow had in the wilderness so that nothing was missed off all that belongs to him and he has repaid me evil for good and look at you know look at what David does okay he brings god into the picture may god do so and more also to the enemies of david if i leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light he's so angry and so upset now look at what he's doing he's bringing god into the picture you know what tomorrow by this time there's no fellow not even nabal there's no fellow no sheep no goats no nothing about this guy and may god do the same thing with all of my enemies around me if anyone has dealt with david this will be a tale that is going to be told for generations to come you do not deal with david this way isn't it true that many times when we are hurt when you're frustrated when you're upset you know we bring in so much of anger and frustration into that entire situation that we kind of hoping that you know what God you help me okay god you saw the injustice that was done to me and you saw you know all these things that they did to me and they have no you know they should never have done that to me you know lord you know hit them with thunder or lightning and you know let it just end up the whole thing that 
I mean, of course, we are all good people. We don't pray all like that, do we? But this is what they was going through David's mind. Okay, this is what they was going through David's mind, and and that's what you know. That's the whole gist of what I want us to understand. For what? I mean, just because he refused to give him some food, okay, and he's taking four hundred of his soldiers and four hundred of his men, and he's going to battle like you know, he's going to battle an army against one family. I mean. think of your neighbor you know back at home i mean all of you okay that one family okay they've offended some king or maybe they offended somebody you know and they bring an entire army into that apartment of yours and you know one family just one family that was the rage you know that david was carrying like i said i don't know if david is speaking all these things to himself or to his men but you know we end up gossiping about you know those people because we want some affirmation we want some sense of validation that listen i was upset and i was hurt and you know we are like a victim we project ourselves like a victim you know to those people can i tell you you know i, I looked up at the definition of gossip okay you know what gossip is gossip is basically sharing with people who's not part of the solution or the problem okay gossip is just you know they're not a part of the solution or the problem you're just you know telling them listen this 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 this, this and they're looking at you and they're like ha 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 and you're telling you know i'm planning to do this to him you should do it exactly like that you know you want people to just support you you know in all of that evil for evil thing that's going on inside of your mind so you tend to gossip can i tell you one thing what gossip is gossiping about them behind their backs is a way of retaliation or a way of revenge that you're actually having with them in other words gossip is one way of getting even with those people which is not something that as followers of Jesus Christ we are supposed to be doing we don't hit back we don't get even with them and gossiping is doing exactly that now let me just say something very quickly okay opening up to somebody versus gossip are two separate things don't get too mixed up Many times you know what we do when we get hurt when we get upset with somebody you know what I always as a church you know as a leadership you know that we always tell all of you is listen it's important to learn to open up about what you're going through don't bottle up those emotions open up with somebody who's spiritually mature who's spiritually sound one because they can pray with you one because you know they can take you through and give you different perspectives on how to approach that particular situation that's opening up gossip is simply talking about people behind their backs and two of them are very very different don't get them mixed up because what i've seen many people do is man i don't want to talk about it because that would be gossiping it's not and someone you know your pastor someone who's your leader some spiritually mature when you go and tell them listen this person has hurt me that person said this listen that's not gossiping about them because you're not talking about them you're talking about yourself you're dealing with your hurt which you're dealing with and that's what you're bringing up in front of these people and please open up and share with somebody you know about the hurts and the problems that you're going through don't bottle it up because can i tell you that's not gossiping gossiping is you know like i said what is gossip is basically sharing with people who is not a part of the solution not a part of the problem you just tell telling them what's happened because you want sense of affirmation that comes from their end and that's what gossip is and that's something that we should not do i'll close with this one last verse okay and then we'll close and pray Here's what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with what? With blessing. 
because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing what are we called to do when someone insults you when someone puts you down when someone demeans you what are we called to do we are not called to give evil back for evil we are not called to give insult back for insult we are called to bless them even in those situations we are called to bless them even in those situations it's important like i said you know this is probably the most difficult thing to do to bless somebody who is you know put you through a very very difficult time who's hurt you so badly who's you know you feel so like a pure victim you know because of what has happened to you from their hands or from their words that they have spoken but we are called to you know look at them and say that listen i'm going to bless you you know why we bless them because when we bless them we inherit a blessing for ourselves when we bless them we inherit a blessing for ourselves i want to close you know with just one thing and i want to pick up you know from here exactly next week two characters we saw today david and nabal like i said earlier nabal returned evil for good and david returned evil for evil or they rather david was going to return evil for evil and we know at you know when we greet through any story you know we take the characters now most of the time you know in a story there's a good character and there's a bad character who's the good character in here nobody okay the good character is coming next week so stay tuned after the intermission next week okay she's very good looking apparently pretty okay abigail abigail is you know coming like the heroine into the whole story okay we have a female heroine you know this time okay but here's here's the thing here's what i want you to you know think about from today till next week in the story that we just saw till now both these characters have done something or they're planning to do something and we know at the end of the story when we look at back you know the story and we look at these characters and we say that oh man you know nabal did evil for good okay and man david did evil for evil okay it's easy to stand on outside and look at their story and say this is how they responded here's a question and here's something that i want you to think about what about your story which end would you stand on when someone looks at your story at the end of the day when the chapter is closed when the book is closed and you know they read through your story and they see how you responded how have you responded have you returned evil for good have you returned evil for evil because there's a third option and that's what we're going to look at next week how have you responded to the ones who have mistreated you the difficult people inside your lives and here's something that i want us to think about we still have grace and i don't want you to leave feeling condemned or you know leave feeling this at the end of today because we still have grace and it's you know here's what i keep telling people here's what i keep telling myself listen if you still have breath in your nostrils and if you're still alive if you're still breathing today it's because god is not done with you and god is a god of second chances if you have at some point you know when you look back at the difficult people in your life and you've responded evil for evil okay that's a natural thing to do but don't beat yourself up for it go back into the presence of god and say the tell the lord lord i have responded the wrong way because david responded the wrong way and yet at the end of his story at the end of his life god looks at david and says man you're a man after my own heart why because david repented i will see you know further on like i said man if you feel like picking up the story and reading go back and read it 
because the ending is fairy tale ending okay that's the way i'll put it today it's a fairy tale ending okay yeah yeah they get married and you know they live happily ever after kind of a story like that okay but i'm just saying that's for next week all right but here's what i want you to leave with god's a god of second chances and if you have not responded the right way listen there's still time there's still a chance for you to go back and respond the right way all right can we just look to the lord and close in prayer that really spoke to me and i pray that it spoke to you as well i want you to remember this it doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at our heavenly father is always with you i want to say this if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us send us an email or dm us on instagram you know let us know if we can serve you in any way just a reminder don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again and i'm really hoping to see you next week